Hello and welcome to another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. This time we're talking about Supergirl, Season 2, Episode 5, Crossfire. Um, one thing I, I don't think I have mentioned, maybe I should mention, is that the, the website that I'm on that tells me in which order to watch these uh, has suggested that I should be watching Vixen Seasons 1 and 2. Seasons right now should be Vixen Season 2. Guess what I can't find on the internet? Even on CW Seed, which is where it should be. I can't can't find Vixen, so I can't really watch it, which is kind of a shame because I think I'd enjoy watching Vixen, but there you go. Uh, apparently, I'm also supposed to watch Freedom Fighters The Ray later on, which is on CW Seed, so I will be watching that when it comes time for it, but there you go. Okay, um, before I get into this episode, a couple of... Thing. Well, one thing, really, about Supergirl is that uh, I, I'm not sure where yet it takes place in the CW multiverse, right? Uh, we know Arrow and the Flash and Legends are all based on the same Earth. Supergirl does not seem to be. Uh, I mean, in season or episode one of this season, they mentioned uh, Cordo Maltese and... Um, Kaznia, uh, but they we haven't seen any indication so far that there's a central city or um, a star city or anything along those lines. So who knows? Probably a different Earth. I mean, maybe there's a Harrison Wells on this one, but nobody's talked about a particle accelerator explosion, so I guess not. Um, and with that out of the way, let's get on to the episode. So the, the general thrust of this episode is that there are a bunch of criminals running around with alien super weapons. At first, I thought this was going to be intergang, because that's what Darkseid does. He arms the intergang members with alien super weapons, and then they, they do things and uh, commit crimes and sort of stuff, but that's not what's happening here. Uh, in this case, it is Cadmus, the mysterious Cadmus uh, the terrorist anti-alien organization has armed some rather run-of-the-mill criminals uh, with um, super weapons and has sent them off to commit crimes and that sort of thing. Um, Supergirl fights them twice. Uh, they get away. She is relatively unharmed. And at one point she... Um, she saves a, uh, a cop whose cop car is hurtled up into the stratosphere by one of these weapons. Uh, so there's a, the fights are kind of inconclusive. The other plot, um, uh, actually two other plots, one related, one not. Uh, Mon-El, you might remember old Mon-El, I did it again, sorry. Mon-El uh, gets a job at CatCo. Uh, it does not go well. He is not suited to be an office intern. Um, although he does have uh, a great deal of luck wooing Miss Tessmacher. Uh, so there's, there's that. And there's a bunch of stuff about uh, basically Supergirl learning not to, um, basically try to make him into a, a copy of her, but to let him be his own person as he has to discover how to blend in, um, with Earthlings on his own. I missed out on another plot, which I apologize, and that is the Alex Danvers Maggie Sawyer plot. Uh, what is interesting to me is that this seems to be Alex's first gay crush experience uh, because she keeps inviting Maggie out to do things, and when Maggie 
you know, says, oh, oh, I read you wrong. I didn't think you were gay. Alex is, or I didn't think you liked girls. Alex is like, oh, no, no, I'm not gay. Um, which is, which is strange because I, I, I got those, those vibes the first time they met. Uh, but I have also read a number of memes about dating in the queer culture, specifically the lesbian slash bisexual lady culture. And it is apparently, uh, a bunch of, um, a, a bunch of people not knowing whether they're dating, uh, or not. Uh, which is which is strange to me. I, I've usually known when I'm dating, but that might be straight privilege. Anyway, so this is this is a situation uh, not unlike that. And there's a scene which is uh, kind of I think kind of unfortunate, where Alex goes to tell Kara what she's feeling, and then Kara goes off about Monel and says, "Okay, no wait, Lil, tell me your thing." And that's when Lena Luther stops by and asks to get in touch with Supergirl. And I, um, I can kind of, uh, I can kind of see why the writers did that, but I think it would have, I think they missed a chance to have a really lovely scene between the sisters, uh, where Alex came out to Kara. I think that would have been, I, I think that would have been really sweet and probably pretty heartfelt. And I'm kind of sorry they didn't do it anyway. Uh, so the other, uh, the, let's see, how many plots have I skipped? Oh yeah, there's one that's kind of related, subplot that's kind of related, which is Jimmy Olsen, uh, becoming a vigilante. Uh, he, uh, at the first, the first robbery, he, uh, punches some people and he does some kicks and he, he ends up, uh, getting a little bit beat and his dad's camera gets run over by the car, which is unfortunate because his dad, uh, gave him that camera, um, basically on his deathbed. Uh, I, you know what? Hang on. We'll, we'll tag up for a second. There's some stuff I want to talk about at the end that's also uh, universe-related, but uh, there we go. Uh, so, let's see. Um, blah, 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 yeah, Jimmy Olsen, and then later on, he disguises himself with a hoodie and a mask and a baseball bat, and he goes down to wail on the criminals with the super-powered guns, which is maybe not the best plan he's ever had in his life. And, he, you know, he beats up a couple of them pretty good until one of them uses his disintegrating gun to disintegrate part of a building. And then Jimmy's got to run in and get out the 10 people that live in the high rise apartment complex. And we don't even see the building fall down. So maybe, maybe it doesn't, but he, um, he's doing that. And when he sort of dragoons win into helping him, uh, with a, a suit, uh, uh, which win doesn't really agree to do till the end of the episode. So my, my, um, my theory on this is that uh, because I've read some of the uh, episode descriptions of later episodes, is that Jimmy is going to end up becoming the Guardian. Uh, I, again, I don't think we're going to have the Newsboy Legion along with him, uh, but he will be a Guardian who is entirely un, um, untouched by Cadmus, which I think is a good thing, especially in this universe, given what Cadmus is doing. But I, I think that's what's going to happen. So I'm interested um, to see whether they're going to give him the, uh, the blue suit and the shield or, uh, or whether they're going to do something a little bit different with that. Um, okay, so I think that's all the subplots. Back to the main plot, which is the, uh, the, the gangsters with the guns. Well, Lena Luther is having a party, which is why she wanted to see Supergirl. She basically wants Supergirl to come by and work security for her fancy party. And uh, the guys with the guns show up. 
But we find out that Lena Luthor has planned for this as Wynn uh, scrambles under the bandstand only to find Lena Luthor there with a plot device. I mean, a literal device that is necessary for the plot to move forward. I forget what it was called, but it was a something. Uh, and they, uh, she can't get it to work, and he has an idea, and they sort of work on it together, and they fix it. But the whole point is the, the guns that these criminals have use electromagnetic energy. They pull electromagnetic energy out of wherever to function. And by setting off this thing, it's essentially going to work as sort of an EMP for these particular guns. So Supergirl is basically using her heat vision to stave off three different energy beams. And she, of course, is, is going to lose because you can't, you can't do that, I guess, with these, with these energy beams. And uh, Wynn and Lena set off the, uh, the EMP. And uh, the people's guns explode, which is... Super, I mean, I didn't expect the guns to explode, but they do, and then they're arrested. And uh, as they are getting imprisoned, the the head of Cadmus, the woman who's been the head of Cadmus, basically uses a device to scramble the brains and kill them before they can go anywhere. Uh, then uh, we cut to the alien bar where Maggie's having a few shots to drown her sorrows because she was arresting those guys. Uh, and Alex comes in and is basically like, I think there was some truth to what you were saying about me, but I gotta go. So she is coming to this realization about herself and, and, you know, accepting it. And I think it's, I think that's good. I really hope she, uh, excuse me. I really hope she tells Kara before anything happens with Maggie. Although I don't think that's going to happen. I would like to see it happen, but who knows? And then at the very, very end of the episode, uh, Supergirl and, Lena are talking. There's this weird thing where Kara, as Supergirl, has her hands on her hips a lot. Um, I think maybe too much. It looks a little bit awkward, but uh, she she is walking with her hands on her hips as, you know, next to, or slightly in front of Lena as they talk about what happened at the party. Um, and Lena seems to be pretty happy that she was working with someone from Krypton and that they're putting the bad blood, you know, between... Luther's and Supers behind them. Um, although, I mean, she she might end up betraying Supergirl because of that hog wall of blood. Who knows? Um, and at the, the end of that scene, we see the woman who is running Cadmus come in to talk to Lena. We find out that's Lena's mom. So, okay, so now there's at least two Luthers who have a mat on for... Um, uh, aliens. And of course, uh, like, uh, Lena's mom is really super xenophobic and believes, of course, that she's working for her children and her children's children. And the, the only chance that anybody has is to get rid of all of these aliens, which is, you know, weird because again, like if you get, you get, it's, it's not unlike Meta's in, um, uh, Central City. For one reason or another, a lot of them seem to be criminals um, most of the aliens that we see on the show are, are not terribly friendly, not terribly well disposed to humanity. So getting rid of the few who are seems counterproductive to me. Um, but you know, that's, that's just me. I will say that there was also a little bit of a gun control, uh, thing, uh, back at the beginning of the episode when the, um, the super powered guns first got used, there was one guy we'd never seen before in Catco walking around being like, well, now I want one of these guns because everybody else has one of these guns and I need one because I'm getting paranoid. And 
Kara's like, no, more alien guns probably isn't the answer. He's like, well, the Second Amendment. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the Founding Fathers thought that alien super weapons were a thing that people would have. But anyway, moving on. So the things I wanted to talk about, actually, uh, now people that I wanted to talk about. Um, so Maxwell Lord has disappeared. He is not in the show or has not been seen at all in any of these episodes in season two. And I haven't looked ahead enough to know whether he is still on the show, and I'm wondering if they didn't just write him out and replace him with Lena Luthor, um, who is, well, yeah, Lena Luthor, because maybe that's a somewhat more compelling storyline where you have a friend who becomes an enemy, which is sort of like one of the origin stories for Lex Luthor in one of the versions where... <laughs> He's a scientist and friends with Superboy, and then there's a fire in his lab, and Superboy <laughs> blows out the fire with his super breath, but uh, the combination of the chemicals and the super breath causes Lex to go bald, and that's why he hates Superman. Because of vanity. Anyway. Um, so it could be that, and, uh, gosh. Oh... Why can I not remember her first name? Lucy? Lucy Lane? We're going to go with that. Uh, Lucy Lane also uh, used to be in the DEO, was sort of co-head of the DEO with, with Hank slash John, and she has been nowhere to be seen. And it's interesting. Like, I wonder if, you know, they just didn't have the budget for another regular or if they decided that they wanted to add mon so they had to subtract Lucy or what was going on. But it's... Uh, you know, they sort of Chuck Cunninghammed uh, both of these both of these characters. And if you don't want to know what I'm talking about, uh, Chuck Cunningham uh, was a, a member of the cast of Happy Days. Uh, he was uh, Richie Cunningham's um, older brother, and I hope I've got that right because I never really watched Happy Days. Uh, but he walked upstairs uh, one day and never came down them again. So I'm not sure... Uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened to those characters. I'm not entirely unhappy about ditching Maxwell Lord because there's only there's only so much smug I can take, and he maxed out my smugometer. Um, even even with the amount of smug we've seen on other CW shows, uh, was he smugger than Damian Dark? Hard to tell. Hard to, hard to tell. Was he smugger than Vandal Savage? Also hard to tell, but put those three in a room and uh, the smug uh, would, I think, be intolerable to most of humanity. So not too sorry to see him go. A little bit more sorry to see Lucy Lane go. Thought she was an interesting character, had some interesting possibilities, but uh, perhaps they'll show up uh, later on. And perhaps, who knows, maybe we'll see Cat Grant again at some point when Callista Flockhart felt like flying to Vancouver to shoot some scenes. I don't know. But that looks like it for the episode, and that's certainly it for this episode of Arrow, Chapter and Verse. As always, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you're having a good day, and I will see you next time.